Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zentegra Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more. Zentegra Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of the Citrix Session podcast. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got uh, Bill Sutton with me, of course. Bill, I think you've been on all but maybe two of these. Is that accurate? Yeah, most of them. Uh, only a couple, I think, like you said, two or three that I've missed. And then I, you've done a couple of specials with some of our pre-sales guys or our consultants that I've been that I've not been able to attend as well. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm, I uh, I have the impression that you like doing this. Uh, I guess I'll know one day when you don't show up whether you didn't like it or not. <laughs> no, I like it. So we've got with us uh, a VJ Rockhaven. Um, VJ uh, is a senior product manager at Citrix, and we're going to cover a uh, blog that he put out um, a little while back uh, called uh, H- it's, "It's the Tech Preview of HDX Adaptive Transport for Citrix Gateway Services." Which I got to be honest, until we started, until I read this blog, until we started having this conversation a little while ago, I did not realize that the adaptive display, the adaptive transport display, EDT, uh, enlightened display transport, you know, UDP flips over to TCP, did not actually work or was not available as part of the gateway service uh, from Citrix. And it sounds like that is now uh, now part of what's coming officially uh, and what's being tested now. Um, VJ, how's it going? Hi, Andy. Hi, Bill. It's going great. Hello, everyone. Says little background on you uh, on you uh, do you hear some background sorry no no VJ I was, I was asking if you could give some background here so how did how did you end up at Citrix how did you end up working on uh, EDT okay so uh, it's been uh, quite a journey for me at Citrix. I've been three and a half years as a product manager at Citrix uh, earlier I was a developer in one of the big networking giants, uh, did the work there about for about 10 and a half years, and then, uh, you know, moved, switched roles, uh, always wanted to meet and be in field, talk to customers, solve their problems, and I ended up in Citrix as a product manager, and here I've been working on the gateway, the gateway service, and, you know, really excited to be part of Citrix, where we are uh, transforming or in this cloud journey, I would say, right, really excited to be here. So, EDT, so... We recently announced the tech preview uh, of this capability. We call it as EDT or HDX Adapted Transport. I'll come to the difference in a while. So essentially, EDT is uh, you know, a, what do you, what do you call it? a smart protocol to deliver your traffic. So think of it like this. So TCP is always, not, though it is reliable, it is always not really good. For example, whenever you're, there is real-time traffic, voice, video, or any interactive services, it doesn't sometimes really make sense to recover the lost packets or sometimes the, you know, in networking terms, the headline uh, loss or out-of-delivery packets. So in that case, you know, UDP, UDP is uh, much more reliable and faster and good. Uh, so that's what we, we deliver in the cloud, in the, uh, delivering the cloud at the moment. Uh, this is a feature 
quite available on our on-premises solutions for a while. Now we are bringing this capability to cloud. Essentially what it does is it switches the underlying protocol from UDP to TCP smartly. And that's why it's called adaptive transport. Uh, so that's where we are. And we just recently announced the tech preview. If, my, if I'm not wrong, we announced it on August 19th for our customers to give it a shot uh, for like a beta testing, try it out, let us know our feedback. Yeah. Hey, so I guess part of this, we should probably explain um, Gateway as it's been known forever, uh, whether that was the advanced gateway or the uh, the Citrix um, uh, Netscaler Gateway Enterprise, and must don't go into all that. But my point is, uh, the gateway has been this broker from the internet to the inside of your environment to securely allow uh, ICA. Um, now it would be HDX protocol, but ICA connections from untrusted networks to trusted networks doesn't always have to be outside; just could be untrusted. Um, that's the gateway, and gateway service is Citrix providing this as as a service versus you guys versus um, an admin setting up their own. Uh, Netscaler ADC gateway service, right? Yep. Thanks, Andy. I think uh, you bring up an interesting point, and I wanted a segue to explain the gateway service, right? Uh, think of it in an on-premises world where what you do is you buy different products from Citrix, including the gateway, which is kind of the, uh, which acts as the first line of defense, if I, if I would call it, sitting in the DMZ network, right? So customers would buy the gateway product, deploy it in DMZ, and from there, they would try to provide a secure access to your uh, virtual apps and desktops world. Uh, unlike in on-prem, in cloud, it's all about service and delivering a solution. So any any type of CVAT solution a customer buys in, in the cloud, they would get entitled for a gateway service to at no additional cost. So the gateway service is a smart proxy, right? I mean, it talks to a lot of services within, uh, but what it, it the, the primary job of the gateway service in cloud is that once a user clicks an, a particular virtual app or a desktop, it would be to form a secure connection between the user to the gateway service and gateway service to the cloud, to the PDA which sits within your data center or a public network or wherever it is, right? So that's what gateway does, providing a secure path uh, to and connecting your users and the resources they are trying to access. So, uh, in, to, to simplify it in terms, uh, you could think of Gateway as the data plane and the the CVAT service as the control plane. I mean, this is a I would say if you're talking about in a ten thousand feet high view, probably you can call that that way. So. So what we did is earlier, I mean, so far to the time, if I'm not wrong, from 2017, we launched this service. Uh, the gateway service uh, was primarily carrying the traffic over in TCP. So customers, what would they do is uh, once they had deployed a CVAT service, they would also be installing something called the cloud connector, which kinds of an acts as a proxy or an or a agent which connects or bridges your on-premises to your cloud resource. The gateway services use the connector too to reach out to the VDAs, which sits within your data center. So uh, just to give you a background as to how the adaptive trans or the HDX adaptive transport works, I would need to dwell into something called the rendezvous protocol, right? So the cloud connector, though it scales quite horizontally pretty well, as the number of connections increases, as the number of users increase, the connector would need to scale as well. It's a software component uh, installed on a Windows machine, as most of you must be aware of. Uh, but all said and done, it is one additional component or, uh, that customers have to maintain. 
So what we came up uh, sometime mid of last year is that we came up something called the rendezvous way. So uh, post the initial handshake through the cloud connector, the VDAs can talk directly to the gateway service. Uh, where, you know, I've called it out as the EDT rendezvous traffic, it would pretty much holds good for the TCP as well. This was a capability we introduced last year, mainly to solve a lot of scaling issues, reduce one hop and more, you know, in terms of better in terms of quality of service. So what we did is when we launched the EDT capability, we said we would not go really the cloud connector way and we would take the rendezvous path. So in which case, this is a kind of a prerequisite for customers if they want to start using EDT. So in, in the EDT way, we, we call this the EDT rendezvous traffic. So post the initial handshake through the cloud connectors, the BDA would start directly establishing the EDT connection over a DTLS or the UDP or the DTLS towards the gateway service. So that's that's kind of the prerequisite. So customers who want to deploy in this network make have to make sure that they open up UDP port 443 from the VDA towards the gateway service. Okay, so th- this is starting to come back to me. Bill, Bill and I did a podcast earlier in the year around the rendezvous point. And so this, it, was, it was getting all muddy in my head. And, and then I was like, hey, we already done this podcast. I think but the difference here is now we're using rendezvous points and it allows for EDT, not just TCP. Uh, and so that's you know kind of bringing the bringing it all together and, and making it um, you know, a first-class citizen when it comes to the protocol and, and making sure that uh, users can have the best user experience, which by the way, I'm, I'm, I use a Chrome device every day. Uh, I don't have a PC on my desk and uh, I, Chrome is limited. It doesn't actually do EDT protocol at this point. And, and while it's a pretty good experience every day, it really is, uh, but not having EDT from time to time is noticeable. Uh, and I don't have the best user experience. I do have a good user experience. And I do think that Citrix is working with Google to to uh, enable EDT uh, for the workspace app for Chrome. Uh, Bill, you have some comments? No, I was just going to just say we did do the rendezvous protocol. I did have one question uh, for VJ, and that was um, the rendezvous. And this is concerning more the rendezvous protocol. As I recall, uh, it's only an outbound connection from the VDA to the Citrix gateway service for rendezvous, right? We're not having to open firewall ports coming from the outside in, right? That's right, Bill. Uh, you do have to open it only in the outbound. Typically, the firewalls, what they do is what they call the pinhole connections. So if there is an inbound uh, connection from inside to outside, generally they allow the traffic back from the outbound to the inbound through the same set of ports. So uh, as long as you're opening the outbound firewall, it's uh, we should be good. Right, exactly. All right, so I got two smart guys on the phone for me. That's that's stateless or stateful? The UDP is going to be stateless, and, of course, the TCP is going to be stateful. But as far as the outbound traffic, and maybe I'm just totally throwing us a wild card here and, and not uh, – no. I'm trying to figure out uh, – sorry, I was looking at a little picture, a little diagram. Okay, so so you don't have to open the ports inbound, which is great. So you have the ability for the VDA to talk outbound, and once that outbound traffic is established bidirectionally, then, all, then you'll have the ability for those communication to happen. But not having to poke additional holes in your firewall inbound is a, is a big security win, right? 
That's right, Andy. That's that's one of the reasons that you know uh, we went with this model. See, like I said, it's not that we we do not uh, ask to open the inbound firewalls. Typically, the firewalls what they do is when you open the firewall outside for an outbound connection, the connect the traffic is allowed to flow inside through the same set of ports inward. So that's the reason you don't have to explicitly open any fire, firewall ports for the inbound connections. Uh, so in which case you can host all of your VDAs within your data center and still be able to use the service. So your overhead of having DMZ and quarantining this uh, set of devices, all that is gone. So let me jump back in the article here and make sure we we verbally go through your prerequisites. I think we have. So uh, VDA needs to be 1912 or later. Um, rendezvous protocol needs to be enabled and working. Uh, outbound ports, again, going back to that previous conversation, um, UDP 443 and TCP 443 uh, open and working. Uh, adaptive transport enabled through Citrix policy. Um, EDT is currently supported uh, Windows version. Citrix recommends with Windows 10 and Server 2019 uh, primarily as the, the two places you should in, you should uh, run Windows. Uh, on the VDA side, right, Not, doesn't really matter about the endpoint or you can tell me it does. Uh, but for the virtual desktop side, Windows 10, is there a certain build of Windows 10 or just any version of Windows 10 will work? Any Windows 10 should work and even Windows Server 2019. Uh, and if I may just take a couple of minutes on that, uh, the reasons we are not supporting, uh, it's not that we're not supporting, but we, we recommend customers to use this particular Windows version because the older ones have some, some limitations in terms of uh, DTLS support on the OS itself. Uh, so for some reason, the the that particular fix is not available on the older versions. It's only available on Windows 10 and 2019. Uh, it's mainly got to do with some kind of MTU. Uh, it's kind of kind of kind of hard coded, we believe. So any uh, so you might customers might face uh, some. Uh, you know, user experience issues if you're using the older versions. Uh, that's the reason we strictly recommend that, you know, you stick on to Windows 10 and 2019 for a better user experience with EDT. No, great. Uh, you had a other, couple of other considerations here. Uh, start with a limited number of yeah. user VDAs. I guess that's for scalability or testing or what's what's the recommendation there for? So, uh, so we are currently in the tech preview state. Where, uh, so we we understand, you know, customers have large, large production networks. Uh, so, by the way, if you if you if customers would like to use or anyone of you would like to use, you would like to sign up for the with a the link. There is, if you just scroll up a little bit, Andy, there is a sign up link. Uh, so you might have to, yeah, there is a here sign up here with your Citrix Cloud Org ID. Uh, we recommend to go through this path because uh, there is no actually explicit settings that needs to be enabled. So once once someone sign up, signs up with their cloud, Citrix Cloud Org ID, we turn it on, we turn on the feature from the backend at the moment. So it's kind of a control because we do not want to impact any of the existing deployments across the world, right? So that's one thing. Uh, if you scroll down a bit down now, I can tell you, uh, 
about some of the prerequisites and the recommendations uh, for how you can use it, right? If you're a, if you have a small test account with some beta testers, there is nothing like that. You can just go on and sign up and we would enable it for you right? and you can straight away get started. But let's say you have a production network and but you would still like to see if you can contain it and then start using it. Then what we recommend is we, you put a limited set of VDAs into a delivery group, uh, have only a, you know, a few set of machines in that particular delivery group. Uh, we also strongly recommend MTU discovery for Windows devices uh, uh, for this particular, uh, for for those users uh, and for the VDAs. And then what we do is we also recommend that you go ahead and reorder the Cypher suites in these VDAs, right? Apart from it, what we would also recommend is start with a limited set of users and disable HDX adaptive transport for a start. Uh, HDS adaptive transport by default is preferred or it is turned on. So we we request we we recommend customers to go turn it off. Have only uh, rendezvous protocol enabled in that policy setting. So get the TCP rendezvous working and then enable HDS adaptive transport. This should work like a breeze. So for most of the customers who who have tested and for them for, who have taken this path, it's been a pretty smooth ride for them to get this working in their in fact their production networks. So so BJ, are you are you saying people should have a plan and they should go step by step instead of just turning everything on at once? That that's crazy talk. I'm yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because uh, uh, because we understand customers, not everyone has a leeway of having a, a dedicated test setup. But if you still want to code and try it in your production network, then we highly recommend that you know you start with one delivery group, disable rendezvous and HDX adaptive transport for the other delivery groups, turn it on only for this test delivery group, add a few VDAs, add a few users, go by the recommendation, test it, get both working, and then slowly expand it to other test other delivery groups. Yeah, we, we could have a whole other podcast on um, pre-production environments and change control. And I mean, there's not a there's not a more important technology on the planet, at least not in my world, um, than Citrix or EUC to have a test environment because end users touch it and see it and fill it. Um, you know, I, I know people that have you know SQL environments that are pre-production, but they don't have one for their Citrix environment. It's almost it's almost more important to have it on the end user facing side of what you're making available. Yeah, and if I may take uh, just another sec, few seconds uh, on the uh, the prerequisite part. Uh, the one thing is which we have time and again seen most of the customers have some kind of uh, hiccups is the if you could just could just scroll down a bit. Yeah, is the reordering of Cypher suites. Uh, so you just make sure you do it the right way. Uh, if you're using uh, VDA, which is uh, which you're using, just make sure you change it in the master image and reboot the VDA so that everyone gets the right Cypher suites, right? I see, we have seen few times, few customers have issues with this, but once they get this working, I think it works like a charm. Yeah, that's great. All right, so your uh, your next paragraph here says something that should be obvious but may not be to a lot of people. 
And that is if you're not using the Citrix uh, cloud service like Citrix Virtual App and Desktop or Citrix Virtual App or Citrix Desktop, uh, then you can't use the gateway service. Therefore, this is all moot point. So certainly a conversation to be had there around just using Citrix services as a whole. And I'm being very um, diligent about calling it Citrix cloud service or throwing the word service in there because a lot of people are very confused by cloud and, and they don't really understand you're really just talking services. Cloud just happens to be the cute name that was it was given um, Many years ago. Yeah, I mean, so we, we understand a lot of customers, uh, you know, over a period of time they've invested in on prem. So, think of for me the services like this. Uh, See, I would always, you know, take 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 some kind of video streaming. Uh, earlier, what you used to go to theater, watch it, buy a DVD, watch it. You know, there is so much planning and other things need to be done. You sit at home these days. You just turn it on, buy a subscription, and then start using it. It's as simple as that. So we kind of looking at service as that way, right? Uh, just sit on, sit in your network. Just turn on gateway service. It's just as simple as click of a button, and then you start using it, right? So that's the experience you want to do. Get it. I used exactly that one this morning and Netflix specifically. A lot of people don't remember Netflix originally was a uh, subscription service where you got seat, you got DVD sent to your house and you could stream a handful of other things. And then it's become more and more streaming service than it has been. I don't even know if you can get a DVD from Netflix at this point, but a very similar story to the Citrix world where, you know, it started off with something you had tangible in your hand and then it became a little bit of a service and a little bit more of a service. And now you're at a point where it's a, you know, it's a tipping point where most of it can be done as a service uh and if it can't be then you just you know just you just have the on-prem version blended in with it absolutely uh so think about it so it's 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 a cloud service at the back at the after all and the edt protocol as such right it's really useful just not for uh, you know especially in the long haul internet connections where you have people accessing across continents across geographies right and being as a service it definitely makes sense to have EDT in the cloud and that's the default way to access your virtual apps and desktops. So with that coming in at the moment, uh, you know, what we, you know, some of the customers who are still sticking to on-prem for various other reasons, they could look at this as one of the segues to migrate to cloud services. Well, and I'll tie the conversation together real quick. I just ordered lunch while you were saying that through my, you know, app as a service from Panera Bread. I mean, I, I know that sounds silly and cheesy, but that's the world that we're becoming more and more comfortable and, and, and part of, um, you know, just a real time on demand. I still got to go pick it up. Uh, I can't make the food virtually appear, but uh, at the same time, I just extremely simplified, you know, the process because a service was available to do it. Hey, hey, Bill, this is probably a conversation near and dear to you. Do you have any comments here? No, this is, um, you know, this is a, a natural evolution, I think, of the product. And we're seeing more and more uh, parity, feature parity uh, between the on-premises uh, environments and the service environments. Um, and it's just another example of, uh, of, you know, Citrix getting things more in line and, and certainly a lot simpler for the customer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so VJ, starting to come towards the final stretch here. You've got some frequently asked questions. The first one is, what happens if EDT negotiation fails? Absolutely. Yeah, this is the favorite part. You know, customers are worried what happens if EDT fails. There is a there is a 
pretty robust fallback path. So in case the EDT fails, uh, what we try to do is we try to attend TCP rendezvous path, uh, usually from VDA to external world port 443 is open. So indefinitely they should work. But for some reason, even that that is blocked by a firewall, we still make sure the connection goes through the connector, the cloud connector way, right? The way it is ex- working existing. So we try to do the maximum possible way to get the connection up and running. Uh, maybe there is a there is a few couple of seconds delay in terms when when it falls back from one method to another, but uh, in most cases the session should get established. And then the next uh, the next conversation goes into how to confirm that gateway service is working. I this one's always fun for me. I'm, I'm you know old school Citrix. I, I love doing a, a net stat and looking at uh, twenty five ninety eight or fourteen ninety four in use. But of course that doesn't work in that in this world. How do we make sure that it's it's happening from the VDA or from the endpoint perspective real time? Yeah, the first thing is you go look at for the connection protocol within the director if you have. So that's the best way to figure out if a session is running on running on EDT, TCP, or rendezvous TCP. Uh, you can also go look at uh, your, once you have established your connection from, if you're an end user, you can go through it and go to the preference settings and then look look at it. Or the best way is if you have, a de- if you have launched a desktop, just run CTX session minus V. So you will get one of these three options. So if you're getting UDP, TTLS, CGP, ICA, then it is our EDT rendezvous connection. If you're getting TCP SSL, then it's going to be TCP rendezvous. And if you're just saying TCP CGP, this is going to be a non-rendezvous. So this is this is quite important, you know, uh, and you glad you bring it up, NetStack 2598, because a lot of customers, uh, sometimes they figure out, okay, I have established a session, but I do not really know whether it is running on TCP or a UDP. So this will really help. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the last one every time I can. It's kind of like wearing glasses, right? People just think you're smarter. Well, when you pull up the command line or a PowerShell, all of a sudden people think you're smarter. That's just because you know like one command. Here. All right. Hey, Bill, any questions on this section? No, this makes perfect sense. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that command existed, that CTX session dash V. Um, I, I normally use director to determine if uh, – EDT is working with an on-premises um, solution. So it's good to know there's other ways. And in your case, you now you know this and you wear glasses. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, VJ, thanks for joining. This has been awesome. I, I love this type of conversation where we're actually digging in nuts and bolts a little bit and, and learning a little bit. Hopefully people found it enjoyable. Um, what's next for you that we should be on the lookout for? So uh, we're going to, uh, you know, we are looking at uh, bringing some of our on-premises capabilities to the cloud. Uh, I do not want to, I mean, I might not be able to talk about it right now, uh, but we are also going to keep improving the EDT protocol as such, right? We're going to make sure it's, uh, we've seen a lot of customers uh, have started using it for more like voice traffic, audio, video, uh, especially during this pandemic time. So we're kind of trying to keep uh, looking at continuously improving this uh, to make this EDT even better. So that's something which we have to, you can look out for. So. Yeah, I can tell you one of the big um, the big areas where we want to see improvement, and it's not an easy one to do, is like, uh, VoIP and online collaboration 
where, you know, unfortunately, when you're going through the protocol, you have an extra hop. The alternative is to offload it uh, in the VDA and on the endpoints, uh, which means you've got to have certain things enabled, and it depends on which app you're using. Not an easy thing to solve, but, uh, you know, as you guys are working on that, feel free to let us know because we want to we make people aware of that being a challenge, but not impossible, just something they need to be on the lookout for when they're architecting their solutions. Absolutely, Bill uh, and Andy. Thank you so much for this podcast. You know, uh, you guys have been great Citrix advocates, and you know, it really helps us. You know, get the get the information to the customers. That's one of our you know sometimes sort of biggest challenges. You know, though we develop it, it should reach the end users, and uh, customers should start using it. And you guys are helping us really on that front. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, that, that's what that's what good partners do. Bill, anything else before uh, before we adjourn? Yes, sir. Okay, guys. Well, well, thanks for joining and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this and, and we'll do another one next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at info at Zentegra.com. Please head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC. Thank you.